24 million votes. Think about the vast apparatus of humans and machines it's going to take to recount 24 million votes by Thursday. The recounting begins. It is official. Next deadline, Thursday. You say you're good. I say that all the resources we have are being put to bear, and Dr. Snipes has every intention that we're going to meet that deal. One fact is that Rick Scott isn't interested in making sure every lawful vote is counted. And the second is that he's using his power as governor to try to undermine the voting process. You have already heard that in Florida, the elections for governor, Senate, and state agricultural commissioner are all so close, they demand a recount. First by machine— maybe eventually by hand. But this recount, it's also a kind of race. So they're recounting three races at, at once? No, they can't do it. At, are we rolling now? Yeah. Okay. So Rick Hassan uh, wrote a book called The Voting Wars. He's been thinking about how elections work in the United States since Bush v. Gore back in 2000. He says what's happening in Florida right now, it's a sort of mission impossible. One county's already flat out said, we just can't recount all these votes by Thursday. No way. Well, all right. So the statute says if you can't get it done in time, then the earlier totals that were reported to the, the state are the ones that count. So that's kind of a crazy system, but that's what was put in place after the Florida 2000 debacle. But I don't think they contemplated the idea that you might have to do three recounts at once in this time frame. That seems nuts, though, that if you can't finish the recount, too bad. Over the weekend, a cavalry of technicians and high-speed scanners were deployed from Omaha, Nebraska, to the Sunshine State, all with the goal of meeting that Thursday deadline. Rick says it still might not be enough. And there's something else. Votes are still coming in. Ballots from overseas, in the military, they're still arriving. As soon as we're done with this call, I'm going to write a piece for Slate that kind of puts this in perspective that all the problems we saw in Florida 2000 have in some ways gotten a lot worse. And now with social media and kind of the voting wars between the parties and the incendiary comments of the president, you know, things are really bad. That's going to be the piece I'm about to write. You know, there's something we say in the business, the election administrator's prayer. Which is, What's that? Lord, let this election not be close. And, you know, it's just now so much more incendiary. It's just the worst possible combination of things. Florida has truly become the next Florida. I'm Mary Harris. This is What Next. Today, we're going to figure out how nearly 20 years after Bush v. Gore, we landed here again, back in Florida, back in Broward County, counting votes. There may not be hanging chads this time around, but we're still playing politics. Stay with us. When Rick Hassan is not reciting the election administrator's prayer, he is actually a professor. I'm a professor specializing in election law at UC Irvine. He also runs the electionlawblog.org. It's kind of like a wire service for election law obsessives. And I wanted to talk to him because when I looked at what was happening in Florida, the whole process seemed a little nuts. Like, why have a mandatory recount and then also institute a hard and fast deadline to get it finished? But Rick says, I need to look at the recount a little differently. Well, right. So there's always a trade-off between finality and perfection. No election is perfect. 
It's really a system where they're doing the best they can, which works reasonably well when you don't have a razor-thin election. It does not work so well when you have a razor-thin election and you have people on both sides very interested and making claims and filing lawsuits and trying to get the thing resolved. Well, you bring up lawsuits. It sounds like we're just at the beginning of the lawsuits. Well, there have been three recent ones filed in the Florida case involving just the Senate election, two by Rick Scott, who's the current governor, and one by Bill Nelson, who's the current senator. The Nelson lawsuit is trying to deal with a problem of ballots being rejected because of signature mismatches. That's when, for example, ballots rejected because your handwriting has changed. And they want to have the opportunity to have all those ballots cured, and they want to extend the time. And I think that may be a big part of what this lawsuit is about. Rick Scott filed a suit claiming that Broward County kept counting after the first deadline and that whatever ballots were counted after that should not be included in the count too late. And they also filed a lawsuit trying to impound the voting machines and the ballots in Broward County so that they would be preserved for any future election challenge. Broward County has been, uh, in some ways, I think, mismanaged. But what is going on with Rick Scott and President Trump is that they're accusing Broward County of engaging in actual fraud. And there's no evidence of that whatsoever. But you're getting these incendiary comments from the Scott campaign and from President Trump. Well, so this isn't the first time that this has happened in Florida. And you covered what happened in 2000. In fact, if you look at the cover of your book, Voting Wars, it has this photo on it, like a group of people holding handmade signs talking about voter fraud in Florida. It felt like it could be from this week. Everything in that book, the incompetence, the partisanship, the high heat, the poor ballot design issue. We haven't talked about that yet in Broward. All of these things were things that we saw in Florida 2000. I think we learned the wrong lessons from Florida 2000. The lesson should have been move to nonpartisan election administration, have really clear rules, have really well-designed ballots, try to lower the temperature. And in fact, the lessons we have learned is in close elections, the rules of the game really matter and who counts the votes really matters. So try to manipulate that as best you can. File lawsuits early and often. So more partisan rather than less. More partisan, yes. And in fact, across the country, it's more partisan. The the one state that was kind of the model, which was Wisconsin, the Republican legislature came in and disbanded the nonpartisan election system they had there and made it a partisan one. Yeah, so we've really learned all the wrong lessons. I want to go back a little bit and just talk about 2000, because I think a lot of people, all they really remember are the hanging chads. (laughs) Yep. And so what did we decide to change after 2000, and what did we decide to leave the same? You remember the hanging chads, just to describe what that is, the ballots, many of the ballots in Florida were cast on these machines called punch card voting machines, where you had this piece of paper that was had a bunch of perforated areas in it, and you used a little pin or stylus to poke out the holes, which removed the paper, or was supposed to remove the paper, and then these, these holes were counted, and the piece of paper that came out, that was the chad. And so the question was, you know, what if a voter hadn't pushed it out all the way? The chad is hanging or it's dimpled or pregnant. We had pregnant chads and dimpled chads. I remember this, like, I have this, like, very strong vision of someone, like, holding a ballot up to the light and looking at the little circles and whether the light came through. Yes, it's an an iconic picture with a a guy with a magnifying glass trying to figure out, trying to figure out what the intent of the voter. So one thing that Florida did was... They got rid of those punch card machines, which is great because they were wildly inaccurate. 
But then they adopted some electronic machines. We still have problems with ballot design. So in Broward, which is this county, as I mentioned, that's been having a lot of controversy, there have been, I think, about 24,000 fewer votes recorded for the Senate race than recorded in the governor's race and other races. This year, you mean? This time. And they're called undervotes. That is nothing recorded for that. Now, there are a few possible explanations for that. The one that seems the most plausible at this point is that it was poor ballot design. The Senate race was near the bottom, and it was a bottom left corner. And there was, I think, an uncontested race uh, above it. You know, it was easy to miss. Another possibility uh, is that there's something wrong with how the machine that counts the ballots counted that race. Or it could be some other kind of problem. We don't know. You know, I'm not expecting that the result's going to change. Recount results rarely change results, but it's possible. Hmm. I was really struck, though, when I looked into it, how many problems remained after 2000 and kept cropping up. Like in 2016, early voting results in Broward County were posted a half an hour before polls actually closed. The Broward County office was sued the electronic system was found to have been targeted by Russian hackers. Well, that's nothing That's nothing new. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> everywhere, but yes. Right, but then like the ACLU of Florida said that Florida voters who cast mail ballots were 10 times more likely to have their vote not count. It just seems like problem after problem when we had this big event where we knew that there were problems and it seems like things weren't fixed. Well, first, I should say that we don't administer elections on the state by state level. We administer them on the level of county or lower. There are you know, more than 10,000 election jurisdictions. And so it really varies. Most of the problems you described, but not all of them, involve Broward County, which is one of the most poorly managed counties you know, in the country, I think. Mm. Localized election administration is a problem. Yeah, tell me about that, because there has been so much focus on Broward and on Brenda Snipes, who's in charge of elections there. Like, I I found this, like, one video where a reporter is just asking her again and again, like, can you tell me how many ballots there are? And she can't answer. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. She's terrible. I mean, there's no two ways around it. There are bad election administrators. They're often in Democratic counties. They're often elected by Democrats. So this is not some, you know, vast conspiracy by Republicans to you know, avoid counting Democratic votes. But Rick Scott, you know, he went after her now, but he could have removed her from malfeasance. He had eight years in office. He could have taken some powers away from local election administrators. They could have passed some laws to fix this problem, and yet they hadn't. Hmm. And so there's plenty of blame to go around. Well, I guess I look at someone like Dr. Snipes, and it does seem very flagrant, but then at the same time, I wonder how unique it is. Or whether we're just noticing. No, I think it's fairly unique. I think most election officials do a good job, and the biggest problem they have is lack of adequate resources. And you mentioned Wisconsin. You said they'd made some interesting reforms, but then it got scuttled. Could you tell me more about what they did? So Wisconsin had a nonpartisan election board, or bipartisan election board, and they were sort of the model of the country. They conducted the elections fairly. People went there to study how things were, and there were fights over how the some of the elections, including the, the there were a lot of recall elections in Wisconsin, and the Republicans in the legislature got mad at some of the decisions that were made by this nonpartisan body, and so they got rid of it and made it a partisan body. Huh. In Florida, this is this is uh, I think very emblematic of how things have gone. Florida used to have an elected Secretary of State 
Do you remember Catherine Harris? I don't know oh, if that yes. name rings a bell yeah. too. So, so younger readers, younger listeners, I should say, may not remember Catherine Harris, but she was the Republican Secretary of State. She was elected. And she made a whole bunch of discretionary decisions, all of which favored Bush. And, you know, so a lot of them were reversed by the Florida Supreme Court. Uh, she was vilified. This is in the 2000 recount. In the 2000 uh, Florida election. So after the, that election, Florida said, you know what? No more elected secretary of state. It's going to be someone appointed by the governor who serves at the governor's pleasure. So that made the position more political because the, that person now is just a flunky of the governor as opposed to being someone who had at least an independent base of power. So I think that's actually made it worse. It sounds like what you're saying is we keep trying to fix it, but then we keep messing it up. Well, let's not paint with too broad a brush for the entire country. I mean, I think Florida is one of the worst, but, um, you know, things are done better in a lot of places. Orange County, for example, you know, we've got these really close races. I'm sure you've been watching Dana Rohrabacher recently. Right. um, Fell behind in the count. So there you've got a a Republican election official appointed by the Republican supervisors of Orange County. And this guy is a total professional. Nobody doubts that he's doing things fairly accurately. Total transparency. You can look on the website. You know exactly how many votes, uh, uh, how many ballots are left to be counted. There are places where they do it well. And even if you have partisan election officials, if they follow professional norms, the system is, is much better. But it really depends on the place. Well, you laid out how everything kind of went wrong in 2000, but things didn't change that much. Or they changed, but maybe not in a way that really fixed things. Do you have any confidence that this might be a different kind of moment where things shift for the better? Well, I have no doubt that Florida's going to make some changes in response to this. I'd be surprised if Snipes is in her job in a year. But uh, in terms of systemic changes, I'm not all that confident. I'll give you one more example from here in California. We had a recall election in 2003 where that's how Arnold Schwarzenegger became governor. Gray Davis, the old governor, was recalled. You may remember that the recall election was a circus. We had hundreds of people running for that election. Why do we have hundreds of people running? Because if you looked in the California Elections Code, it said uh, if you're running in a primary election, you just need to pay, I think it was 60, uh, pay $300 and get 65 signatures. <laughs> but that was for running in a primary. And then you look at the, the rules for the recall election. The recall election rules say use the rules from the primary. And you go to the beginning of the primary section, it says these rules do not apply to recall elections. Secretary of State still ruled that the same rules would apply. So you have a conflict in the code. Even after this happened, the California legislature didn't fix the election code, Mm. which was contradictory. And we had this circus. You know, we had Gallagher, the comedian who smashes watermelons running. We had a porn star. We had Gary Coleman from Different Strokes. I mean, it was just really a circus because who wouldn't want to get the publicity for 65 signatures and $300? There are hard things about running our elections that are hard to figure out how to fix. But then there are a lot of easy things to fix. There's some low-hanging fruit, and there's either not the political will or there's disagreement or, they, you know, people are not paying attention. When do you think we'll have results in Florida? Well, if by results you mean someone officially declared a winner, I think that will probably happen by the end of this week in those races. That doesn't necessarily mean the litigation is over. This could end up continuing in court. It could also end up being uh, something that if it's the Senate race, that the U.S. Senate can decide a contested election contest. Rick, thank you so much for just laying it all out for me. 
sure. When does this get posted? It gets posted in a few hours. Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! Exactly. Rick Hassan's a professor specializing in election law at UC Irvine. Look for his writing on slate.com and electionlawblog.org. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. One more thing. Earlier today, President Trump took to Twitter and he demanded the recount in Florida finish up, at least for the gubernatorial and Senate races. Trump said an honest vote count is no longer possible. He called the election infected. But even though Rick Hassan acknowledged recounts don't often change election outcomes, he had an idea about why Trump might want to shut the recount down. As late ballots get counted in close elections, provisional ballots and the like, we've seen those tend to favor Democrats. This is what Professor Ned Foley of Ohio State University calls the big blue shift. In lots of places, they're voting in big cities. Big cities have more trouble with election administration. And so we're seeing this now that when these close elections happen and you're talking about you're down to those last ballots, they tend to be Democratic ballots. And then that's raising suspicions, especially when Trump is fanning the flames about this. So Republicans have have incentive to shut it down early. Right. But, you know, it used to be don't do the recount was the whoever's ahead says don't recount. That's kind of the typical move that you see in election contests. What's new this time is don't finish the counting, which is just really absurd if you know anything about how elections are actually conducted in places with lots of ballots. California has millions of ballots that still need to be counted because we're such a big state and the process takes time. That's the show. And listeners, today I have just one request for you go to Apple Podcasts and write us a review. It helps other folks find us. It's also going to help us make the show better, especially since at the end of this week, we're going to take a little break and retool so we can come back better than ever after the holidays. What Next is hosted by me, Mary Harris, and produced by Mary Wilson and Jason DeLeon. Our engineer is Terrence Bernardo. Talk to you tomorrow. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.